You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey everybody, welcome to A Step Further. This is our weekly podcast from Kingsway Christian Church, where we take what we talked about on Sunday one step further. My name is Matt Nickerson. I'm the host for today's podcast, and it's good to be here with you today. So we're in the middle of this series called Satisfied, based off the book by Jeff Mannion with the same title, Satisfied. And Sunday, really, we started and ended with this idea of greed. Are you a greedy person? Actually, I think I asked the question, do you know any greedy people? It's always easy to see greed in other people. You know, you see it in a movie and it's the bad guy, right? And you can't stand him. Or you see it in a friend you have. We may use phrases that are more kind or generous, like they're frugal or whatever it is. Um, They're stingy, but the reality is they're greedy. And it's really hard to see it in ourselves. Well, I shared with you on Sunday. Hi, my name is Matt Nickerson and I can be greedy. The word greedy is actually the Old Testament concept of covet, covet to desire something beyond what God has already given you. Now, is it wrong to say, for instance, I drove around one car for 14 or 15 years and um, I knew it was coming towards the end of that car's life and I desired a different car. Not only that, but I really desired a slightly better car. I'm not a guy who's coveting a Corvette. If somebody wants to give me a Corvette, I wouldn't complain, but I certainly wasn't, you know, craving that. I didn't have this strong desire for it, but I was ready to be done with my 15-year-old beat up Ford Focus wagon. I was ready. Now, if I had to go another five years or so, so be it. And uh, so there's this thing. Does that mean then that that's greed? Because no, no, that's not what it means. I had a desire for a new car that wasn't breaking down, that wasn't having problems. That's not an unhealthy drive. So what does it mean to have an unhealthy drive? Well, I think there's a great passage in Ecclesiastes. It gives us some um, handles to put on this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, it says this, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. Again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but meaningless, the word there is it's um, hebel from Hebrew. It's this idea of you're, you're squirting like a, a, a spray can and it just admits, it turns into mist. It just vaporizes. It just It's here one moment and it's gone the next. That's the idea going on here in this concept. So if you love money, you love wealth, you'll never have enough. You'll never be satisfied. And you can literally take money or wealth and insert whatever you want into that word. It could be clothes, it could be shoes, could be purses, could be cars, could be girlfriends or boyfriends or spouses or video games or you name it. If you're not satisfied today, more is not going to do the trick. And so a greedy person in their heart covets. They look at what everybody else has and thinks they have what they need. And so therefore, if I just had what they had, then I could be happy. So what do we do about all this? How do we handle this? Well, let me tell you one of the ways that I see it in me and then some of the responses, some of the things I've learned from God on how to respond to this. So uh, one day I was at Kroger and I actually was needing a razor, but I still had like half of use left on the razor I was using and one more razor in the package. Well, I'm the kind of guy that I like to predict predict and project ahead. I like to go, okay, well, if I'm down to one more razor, it means in the next few weeks, I'm going to get one. 
I'm going to need one. But I don't like to buy things at full price, especially expensive things. And guys, razors, especially if you do the nicer ones, they can be expensive, really expensive, actually. And so what I would do is every time I'd go to Kroger to pick up milk or food or whatever, I would just swing down by the razor aisle and I'd swing down by the clearance aisle and I'd look and see what they had. And what amazes me is every time I need a razor, I find one on clearance or something happens like every single time. And it's become this little game between me and God where when I need one, one shows up on like this big deal and big sale. And it's like God's little way of saying, I got you, I got you, I got you. So it's like my little thing with God. And like, you probably got your little thing and it's silly, whatever. But here's the thing. One time I went and in the clearance aisle, they had like six or eight boxes of razors they were trying to get rid of. And they were so hugely discounted that I bought like four or five of them. I decided to leave one, just one. And then I got it home. And honestly, I still have those razors in my drawer. I mean, this was well over a year ago. There were so many razors. They're still in my drawer. Because one time I went home, my mom had bought like some razors and my dad didn't like them. So she's like, hey, I've got all these razors. They're really nice. You want them? Sure, I'll take them home. And next thing I know, I've got razors stockpiled. I'm good on razors for a long time to go. And here's what dawned on me. I was being greedy. Now, how is that greedy? That's just a great deal. You're just planning ahead. Well, I showed up. There was something to meet my need. And instead, what I did is I met my need. I met my future need. And I didn't let God meet somebody else's need. What if God had those six razors in clearance that day and had six different people in mind to meet their need? But I showed up and I took five of them. And so now there's four other people or whatever, five other people, I guess it'd be four others who need to have their need met. And I took their need. Do you see how this works? We see this actually in the Old Testament. And um, as God led the Israelites through the, prom, uh, through the desert into the promised land, um, he would feed them with manna from heaven. It was this uh, miracle food that would show up every day to be on the ground. He would tell them, go out every day and gather up only what you need for today. And then we'll start over tomorrow. And what would happen is those who didn't trust God and would go out and be greedy, they would go out and gather more than they needed and they'd take it back home and it actually would rot and have like worms and stuff in it overnight. And so that was part of the thing that God had set up is like, no, you're going to learn to trust me. You're going to learn to obey me. Yes, it will be hard at times. Yes, it will be a step of faith. But one of the reasons we can act without being greedy is because God says, I will provide. I will meet your needs. If I take care of the birds and the flowers, I am going to take care of you. But you're going to have to trust me. So what I have learned now is uh, when I go to the clearance section, and I love to because I'm a sucker for good clearance. I told you that. But when I go to the clearance section and they have things on clearance that I don't need, I don't buy them. I try to leave them. If I'm close, it's like, hey, maybe I'm a couple weeks out or a week out. Yeah, I'll buy some. But if there's five or six or seven or 10 and say razors, I'm going to buy one. I'm going to leave the rest. Depending on how big the package is, I might buy two. I'm going to leave the rest. And it all has to do with trusting. If God provided this time, will God provide again? Do I need to do this in order to feel safe? Or does God promise he will take care of me? Now, listen, if you're listening to this, how do I apply this to me? Well, I I don't know how to apply it to you specifically. We were sitting down and talking, having a counseling session. I would be able to apply this to you quite easily. But I know this. You will never be satisfied with more until you're satisfied with what you have. 
So maybe, like me, you need to make some decisions in your heart between you and God. Maybe between you and him, you just need to say, okay, God, whenever um, I'm in this situation, I will not do these things again. And then whatever decisions you come to, stick to them and see how God shows off his goodness and his faithfulness in your life. One of those challenges, I'll just stick out there to you. My wife and I decided years ago that no matter what happens next, we were going to uh, give money to the church first. And the only reason we would never give money to the church first is because we were afraid that we wouldn't have enough money. Now, you'd expect a pastor to say that, right? But that's not why I'm saying it. I'm saying the most freeing thing that my wife and I ever did, when I'm no longer employed or paid by the church for my salary, I will still be doing this. Um, I did it when I was an intern. Uh, my wife has done it for years. She's actually the one who taught me this. But when we put God first, we it helps to set our greed aside. Because it's like saying, God, I'm going to... Um, Say thanks back to you, make an offering back to you for all that you've given to me, everything I have is yours, and trust that you're going to meet all my needs. What step do you need to take today to move closer to God in order to become more like Jesus in relation to money and things? Think about that. We'll talk about it more next week. Blessings on you.